From Beacon Point Advisors, I'm Michael Dow. This is Markets in Motion, a regular update on the economy and investing. Today on the podcast, we'll talk about post-election policy and the market environment. It's Monday, October 26, 2020. This is Markets in Motion. But first, stocks are down about 2.5% this morning um, on news that the coronavirus cases and hospitalizations are increasing and, and in fact, continue to reach record high. It seems to be rattling investor sentiment this morning as it threatens to hinder the potentially fragile economy that we're seeing, uh, highlighting the fact that additional stimulus is necessary as soon as possible. But that effort seems to be stalled in Washington, D.C. So we have this tension between the positive uh, benefits of a stimulus package that's on order and on offer and, and will eventually materialize versus the increasing cases uh, of COVID-19 just eight days before the election next week. The concern is that um, increasing cases and hospitalizations might force at least uh, geographic or targeted lockdowns, not a not a nationwide lockdown like we saw in March and April, but more targeted so that the cases can become, uh, can get under control. You know, barring that, the stock market is likely to continue to be focused on not just earnings this week, and there's a whole slew of them, particularly from, from tech companies and, and biotech companies this week, but the election next Tuesday and the fact that there's just no movement uh, that seems uh, likely to get the ball down the court to get a, a $2 trillion stimulus package. So what about the election? We're, again, just over a week away. The polls have been remarkably stable even through um, the debates Thursday night, um, it still looks like it's leaning uh, Biden at this point, and, um, but nothing is, is certain, and we still have um, a fair amount of time. Just to put things in perspective, if you recall back in 2016, the Democratic candidate, Hillary Clinton, seemed to have a lock on the election um, as we got closer to Election Day 2016, but her support tended to erode uh, fairly convincingly in the run-up. So we, we would expect that the, the race would likely tighten, although, surprisingly, uh, the poll numbers have been incredibly consistent for the last month or two, and that just is indicative of the fact that people had sort of made up their mind who they were going to vote for back in August, and, and, and maybe it won't change like it did um, in 2016. Anything can happen. It's this is that's what we've learned in U.S. politics. So instead of trying to think about who's going to win, or I think it's best to first assign probabilities to it instead of thinking about it more qualitatively and think about it quantitatively to the best of our ability, and then talk about what policies will result depending on the the outcome. And there's, there's a couple of different outcomes. You could have, obviously, a Democrat or Republic president. You can have a Democrat or a Republic Senate. But it looks increasingly likely that the House will remain in the hands of Democrats. So the likely outcomes aren't a, a, a red sweep, but more a blue sweep and a status quo or a Biden victory and a Republican Senate. The, the most important thing to remember is we, we believe at Beacon Point that the election will be potentially contentious in the days and weeks following uh, Election Day, but it won't be a contested election, and there's a difference between those two things.
specifically a contentious election gets resolved, that is, there is finally a concession speech, presumably before December 8th, which is the final day for all the states to sort out any election or, or ballot or voting disputes within their own state legislatures or at their own state Supreme Courts prior to the decision being made for them by the U.S. Supreme Court. Whereas, on the other hand, a contested election would be one where there isn't a concession speech and we get to either December 8th or beyond, the day when electors, that is, the actual people who are voting for president, are selected by the state parties and certified by the state legislatures or the governors of each of the individual states. And, and then that would create a, a potential for significant volatility in markets. And you might start tossing around words like constitutional crisis. Again, that's a that's a tail risk. This is a, a democracy that has done this uh, dozens of times before successfully, and we feel that it will be contentious, but not contested. In fact, let me just go through a couple of the scenarios. A landslide victory on either side is actually the best case scenario, and will cause the least amount of capital market volatility. If you get a Biden victory, then the, the, in the presidency, in the presidential election, it's increasingly likely that you will have a blue sweep. Should certain Democratic senators be able to ride on Joe Biden's coattails? And the races that are the most competitive that are currently uh, Republican incumbents are Iowa, North Carolina, and Maine. Georgia is another state which has been firmly in the red camp for quite some time, but that is also in play. So the Senate is currently up for grabs. The real issue for markets remains, again, this um, idea that a contested versus a contentious election um, is going to make all, all the difference. In the short run, there could be a lot of all if we just don't know. And there's going to be um, a fair amount of rhetoric, and this decision isn't going to be made just in the courts, but in the court of public opinion. But in reality, after the election is settled, as we expect it will be by um, end of November, early December, the market's going to start trading more on economic data and prospects for further uh, recovery and hence the prospects for a larger fiscal stimulus plan than on the election itself. What we think is at least the most likely uh, scenario under the assumption, and this is a conditional probability, conditional on a blue sweep, that the Democratic-controlled Senate would likely uh, be in a position to pass a much larger fiscal stimulus bill, which is most likely uh, good for the economy, jobs, and the stock market in the, in the near term, even if it means larger budget deficits and debts in the future. The market until today seemed to be pricing that in pretty, pretty convincingly. In fact, if you look at the probabilities of a Joe Biden victory in the, for the White House and the probability of a Senate turning blue and measure that against the increase in the S&P 500, those two things have been moving up in lockstep. There's a lot of other things going on, but just one indicator that perhaps a blue sweep was being accepted, not only accepted, but perhaps even cheered by the, the stock market. And again, it's all based on the fact that you would have a much larger fiscal stimulus plan under a blue sweep. So let's talk about legislative priorities and themes based on the status quo, a Biden victory in a Republican Senate and a democratic sweep, the three most likely scenarios that we see. What are the most likely outcomes? A status quo is a Republican White House, Republican Senate, Democratic House. You'll get a limited uh, legislative agenda uh, and, and most likely additional deadlock. But the themes will be um, a, for a small infrastructure bill, onshoring legislation, and maybe drug price controls. You'll get a continued attempt to narrow the uh, Affordable Care Act 
uh, continued aggressive stance on trade deals and reduction in business regulation, so a business-friendly um, uh, agenda. You'll also have noncompliance with the Paris Agreement. Um, the effect on the budget deficit is a significant increase. The effect on the economy in the short run is recover recovery and modest growth. But what you'll see is that is, frankly, the same no matter what the outcome of the election, a significant increase in the deficit and recovery and modest growth, because in the long run, it's not who sits in the White House and, and who controls the Senate, but the policies that are likely to arise from those two political outcomes. Our view is that um, the economy in the long run, it doesn't matter. What matters is productivity, labor force growth, and to, to a lesser degree, in the shorter run, monetary policy, and the ability of the government to uh, continue to uh, encourage both human and, and investment in physical capital, that is, that would increase productivity uh, over the long run. In terms of markets, no matter who wins, you're going to have higher volatility until election, the election uncertainty is resolved. But again, in the long run, as it relates to the economy and to markets, the most important things are economic outcomes as opposed to uh, politics. And our view is if you do get volatility around the election, it's going to be met with additional stimulus, both uh, immediately from the Federal Reserve, which doesn't have the constraints, the political constraints that are currently um, delaying and not, not eliminating, but just delaying the uh, announcement and the um, approval of a significant stimulus package, which is absolutely necessary to keep this fragile economic recovery moving forward. Is, again, people are asking, how will the presidential election affect your investment portfolio? And I just want to put a fine point on this. We do expect vol as the election results are slowly revealed. And in fact, portfolio values are going to fluctuate. And the magnitude of the fluctuations will depend directly on the, the current positioning in your portfolio in relation to risk. But this is always the case. And I want to emphasize that at Beacon Point, we're, we're building portfolios that are designed to meet your long-term investment goals as indicated by your financial plan. So the more your portfolio fluctuates before and after the election is directly related to your ability to generate higher long-term returns. So we're telling clients, as we always do, to try to ignore the short-term gyrations and focus on long-term results. Our tax and financial planning department, led by Kami Stevens uh, and Kelly DeGanzini and, and their team, have indicated that um, there are some tax law changes that might be implemented with a democratic sweep that we should uh, be alerting clients to. This is a good time to remind folks, again, that any outcome of the outcome of the election is uncertain but even if the democrats take control uh, of the senate and the white house they're still going to re be re constrained by the filibuster rule which requires as a practical matter a filibuster proof majority of 60 seats in the senate to actually get legislation passed so with that caveat uh, if you go to the biden campaign website it provides a general overview of key proposals they're aimed at reducing taxes on lower-income working families and include an expansion of tax credits, but they're also going to have um, some pretty significant impacts on upper-income individuals. For example, uh, the website suggests that the top tax rate will go back to 39.6 percent, from up from 37 percent now, and expand the income range for which the top tax rate applies to uh, to above 400,000. 
And finally, there's a proposal to increase the capital gain tax rate to be equivalent to the ordinary income tax rate of 39.6 if you're expecting taxable income above a million dollars in coming years. So there are possible significant changes in um, personal tax rates. Also, um, under a Biden administration, you could expect the corporate tax rate to go up from the current level of 21 percent to the proposed uh, 28 percent. Probably won't get all the way there, but certainly it will be higher than it is now. And that could have some effect on the stock market. If you increase the corporate tax rate um, and believe that the corporate tax reduction that resulted from the December 2017 uh, tax law was responsible, in, at least in some part, for the roaring S&P 500, given the higher corporate earnings that resulted from lower tax rates, then a reversal of that could have, uh, could have a, a negative effect on stock values. So b bottom line, there are certain industries also that will likely benefit from a, a democratic sweep. The winners are going to be hospitals, renewable energy, uh, home builders, et cetera, and anything infrastructure related should we should we get any kind of a, an infrastructure bill included with the, a larger stimulus package under a, an all democratic uh, administration in congress fossil fuels oil and gas production emp particularly firms exposed to drilling on us federal lands are likely to suffer chemical companies and um, healthcare and pharmaceuticals are also likely to do poorly under a blue sweep with a status quo election outcome um, it, the the outlook is more mixed, particularly for healthcare and energy and and and, and renewables even. But it's positive for construction and, and uh, positive for financials as well, with reduced uh, financial uh, regulatory burdens. I'd also mention that municipal bonds are likely to do pretty well under a blue sweep, given their increasing attractiveness. Under, under higher tax rates. There's likely to be more supply. And frankly, their credit profile is likely to improve if you get a significant uh, support for state and local in the next uh, fiscal stimulus package. So higher tax rates and more support for state and local governments and municipalities are both positives for the municipal bond market. So finally, we're in the home stretch of the election, and there's still a lot of uncertainties that remain. But we'll get through it. And um, once again, the markets and the economy will be driven more by economic growth and corporate profits than by the outcome of any particular election. So keeping that in mind, it's easier to focus on the long-term investment results. And that's it for Beacon Points Markets in Motion. We'll be back soon with another of our regular updates on markets and investing. I'm Michael Dow, Beacon Point Chief Investment Officer. Thanks for listening.